What's up, everyone? Welcome to episode five of Par None Pod. I am PJR, and this is Ryan Hernandez over here. And we're here to bring you all the new fun golf stuff. What happened last week was coming up this week. And it wouldn't be fun if we didn't insult at least a couple people. So, how are you doing tonight, man? Just a few. I just went to like sexy robots. Um, I got to, yeah, I got to spend yeah. a lot of time on the course today, so that was fun. Uh, played nine holes with my four-year-old, and then went to the range this afternoon and tested a bunch of gear. So pretty, it was a good day. Nice. What were we testing out? I mean, everything. So one of the things that I'm trying to do just for the golf season gearing up is I have all of this stuff in my like office pro shop and I'm trying to kind of figure out like we've got so much stuff and I don't, what I'm trying to do is figure out like when I put things to numbers, what's actually going to be the best thing for my bag instead of me just like trying to kind of like get some of the bias out and be like, okay, like numbers what feels good, what's actually working. Cause I think sometimes it's easy <clears throat> for us amateur golfers to be like, well, I like a certain brand. So I'm going to play that brand regardless of if it's actually kind of like somewhat detrimental to my game or not. So, you know, we and then just kind of like <laughs> trying to, yeah, you see it a lot. So I'm trying to get out of that. You know, I think it's really easy to be like, Hey, I'm going to have a bag, all tailor-made or I'm going to have a bag all Titleist and it's like yeah I mean I get that you know if you're getting paid but the odds of Titleist having exactly what you need in every single club is probably pretty low same thing with any brand so anyways I'm just trying to see like what exactly is going to work for me and what can I actually put into play that's going to give me the best chance to like go shoot low so that's what I've been working on so it's all my own stuff I mean, I have a couple new things in there, but I think new stuff is coming. So we'll see how that goes. That's awesome. That's so funny that you said that because I literally just ordered a full bag to go full Callaway. So you just said that. I'm just sitting here going like, oh, well, um, so I didn't um, do that at all. Yeah. I mean, I don't have anything against that. Like I was full tailor-made for a long time. My only point is like, if you, you know what I mean? Like if you want to be full Callaway, or full tailor-made or full Titleist, by all mm. means, do that. Just for me, I'm just interested to see if my bias lines up with actual, like, performance or if my bias is just that, a bias. And it's like, well, hey, man, like, I, I know you like the P790 Blacks because of how cool they look, but you're actually losing ball speed to X iron or mm. X, you know, and you're trying to get more distance club out of your so, too. You're looking. No, I mean, you're aren't we all? More distance, aren't you? I mean, yes and no. Like, I think I'm pretty comfortable with where my distances are, but I'm not comfortable with where. And I'm, we, I know we've talked about this off camera too, but like, I'm I'm really more trying to dial in like a speed and a swing plane, um, and just trying to see if any of those irons can kind of help me, especially with spin numbers. Um, cause my spin is just too high. And I know, I know a lot of it is not the club. It's the, it's the swinger of it, <laughs> but you know, if I can, my, you know, I think sometimes again, like I will, and I know we've talked about this too, like I will select clubs based on my best days instead of maybe mm -hmm. like my average or my worst days. And so sure. I will, 
play a tougher club that's not, you know, then when I get in a really bad way, there's really not a ton of forgiveness or leeway unless I'm like really on it. Um, and I just don't have like a repeatable enough game, I think, to play some of those things anymore just because, you know, I've gained a little weight. I've lost a little flexibility, which I'm trying to work on. And so I think like what I'm what I'm trying to do is like, okay, right now, as my game stands right now, what are the best options? And then I think like as I kind of get some of that back or improve, then I can maybe go back to more of a mm -hmm. player's club. But just like right now as my game is, I'm just not where I need to be to be playing what I used to play. So it's kind of like a shot to the ego a little bit. But, hey, if P790s are the best, great, I'll keep playing them. But if they're not, maybe I need to get uh iron change or a shaft change or something to just kind of like, you know, at least, <laughs> I don't know. I don't want to say band-aid it, but like I more greens until I can figure this out instead of just like struggling through it. Yeah. So for me, I've been kind of working in the opposite direction. I, uh, <clears throat> when I took the job of curated originally a couple of years ago, I was playing apex combo set, um, the 19s apexes and then apex pros. And I went to the apex 21s and I went to the apex 21 pros. And then from there I went to the rogue ST pros. And then, so before mm -hmm. all of this, I was always playing forged clubs. Just, I never played a whole lot of technology. I'll, I'm going to be honest with you. I'm, I'm very, I grew up playing golf with, We've said it before. Yeah. The Persimmon Woods, the old clubs, and you know, technology. I think it is Me very, too. very beneficial to people that need that extra help. And I'm not speaking out of hubris here. Um, but I don't necessarily need that help. And every time I've tried to take advantage of that technology, it has not been consistent for me. The cast clubs, the hollow clubs, right. it just never gave me the consistency that I really needed. Um, yeah, yeah, when I was seeing them great, they were fan-freaking-tastic. Don't get me wrong. Like, they go a mile right. and all that. But it was – there were variables there. Like, I, I like my misses to be within five yards of each other, not potentially 15. That's that's something that I was struggling sure. with with a lot of these irons is my misses would get away from me. I'm a lot more than a forged club would. And it could be just in my head. It absolutely could be. Um, but, you know, golf is played between your ears anyway, so who the hell knows. So – what I recently did is I went from the Rogue ST Pros and then I went to the Mizuno Pro 223s, which are great and I love them. But I found out in doing that and after talking to a buddy of mine that maybe like a muscle back isn't the best idea for me because I'm more of a sweeper and more the center of the gra center mm. gravity is. So I'm going more to a tour cavity back. So the irons that I ordered are the, the, the Callaway TCBs, the irons that Rom plays and Xander nice. plays, um, which are great irons. So, but I'm not going to lie, a part of me is very intimidated by them. Um, I went a little heavier in the shaft to drop down the spin rate because I know they're going to want to spin a little bit more. And their loss are actually two degrees weaker than what I'm playing right now. Now, I generate plenty enough speed that it's not an issue for me. So I might need to bend it a degree strong, especially with the spin rates and everything. I might have to tinker with them a little bit. But um, sure. I'm kind of going in the other direction right now because I found myself, when I tried to get into the more forgiving clubs and the longer clubs, the hot faces and all this technology, that like, yeah, it's great, but I would just be more and more inconsistent on my bad days where – if I'm having a bad day with the forge face or the pros, like, okay, well, I may not be hitting greens, but I'm landing it short of the green. It usually flutters out to the right a little bit. It just spins too much on me. Mm. It spins too much on me. Then it lands short and I'm pitching up like that one conversation we had, I can play when I'm short, but when I miss one with a hot face and next thing knows like, Oh, it wasn't a hook an extra five yards. There's going to slice an extra five yards. Well, now instead of being in the front right of the green or maybe in the bunker, I'm looking at that tree next to the green going, please hit that so it doesn't go out of bounds. So 
I'm kind yeah. of going in the other direction with it as well. And I also ordered the, um, I went triple diamond in the fairway wood. I had to. Love it. Um, it just sets up behind the ball so well. So I'm actually going to loft that three wood to a four wood. Then I got the 18 degree hybrid. Yeah. I'm going to loft that to a 19 degree. And I actually went into the A wedge with the irons. Nice. So I did not get a 50 degree wedge, like a jaws raw. I went up, I went to the A wedge and the TCBs. Then I'm doing the 54 and 58 jaws raw wedges. And I get, uh, I got the plasma finish on them this time. And then I got the uh, Odyssey. Yeah, they're just so freaking gorgeous. It's still wrapped up. Are you kidding me? Still wrapped up. Brand new, baby. That's not even right. And then um, I went to the Odyssey 7DB double bend putter, 33 inches. Got that red shaft in it, which I love so much. But I went to a little bit more face balance because I have a habit. I don't have much of an arc in my swing or my putting stroke. I actually, um, my miss with my putt, it's a swipe. So I figured yeah. with a more of a face balance putter that is going to help negate that swipe a little bit when that is my miss. But I've also been working mm. on some things with my putting. I've been working on more, you know, spending less time over the ball. And I, I like, I get the speed down. I find a spot two inches in front of the ball. I line up with that. And I look at the hole one last time. And once I kind of get that feeling in my hands, like, okay, that's the speed. The moment my head goes down over the ball, I pull the trigger on it. I'm figuring less time over the ball means my speed control is going to be a lot better. And all the practicing that I've done yeah. with that, it has been exponentially better. Now, will it translate to the courses no. upcoming week? We will see. I've been working on a lot of stuff, and it's working great on the range, and my numbers are great. But it's always different when you have a 7-iron right. into a green when there's bunkers and water around it, opposed to like, oh, let me just hit the 7-iron right. straight. You know what I mean? So I'm excited yeah. about going full Callaway. Yeah. Um, i got a Callaway bag to go with it, too. Um I'm excited about playing more of a tour level iron again. It's kind of, it's scary. I went 115 grams in the shaft, so I went a little bit heavier. Um, still the IOs, because I like the way the IOs feel. They don't feel too rigid to me. That's always been my bugaboo with Project mm. X shaft. They can get a little little stout. Um, and not that I can't handle the shaft. It just doesn't feel good to me. So I felt like the IOs are like yeah. a smooth Project X shaft. So um, I'm going to tinker with the shaft and the driver a little bit. I might go to the diamond head. We'll see. Um I know someone that has a Tensei black shaft, and I'm really interested in trying that out. So I think if I can mm. like that shaft and put it in the standard head, it'd just be a monster. But it, it might be too low and low for me kind of thing. But uh, I'm excited about going yeah. full Callaway bag. Um, I love the launch party that we went to. I mean, they, they hosted everything so sure. well. Um, I've been back and forth with them in Mizuno for a few years now, and – I've had more success playing Callaway than I have any other brand. I think it's, I just need to commit to something, especially with me getting into like uh, amateur events and everything. Again, I need to go with what I think feels and works right for me. And I think going full Callaway is definitely the right step and um, having consistency. Cause once these clubs are my bag, it's there's nothing else. I'm done. Like there's a promise that I made to myself. I am not going to be switching anything for at least a year, because you never know, new drivers, new hybrids, and, you know, there's little like little things that come out that might make their way into the bag kind of thing. But um, I think I'm finally ready to commit to something in my golf career where I can say that, like, listen, yeah. I'm playing Callaway, and this is what I'm going to do, you know. And I'm excited about it because it takes yeah. a lot of the noise out of the way. You know what I mean? A lot of the, should I be playing this sure. brand? What about the, what about that? You know, I can commit to this and focus on this and put all that out of my mind. I think that's going to be just from a mental perspective, going to be more beneficial at least. No, I a hundred percent agree. I think that's where I'm at too. Is just like, I want to commit to something and then just play it for a while. I know in our line of work, it's really, really tempting to be like, 
hey, this brand oh, came out in February, and now this brand's coming out in June, and this brand's coming out, and now I want to try a hybrid in each brand. And then mm. it's almost like like paraly- like decision paralysis, when it's like, I don't oh, know if you've yeah. ever done this, but like you're going to buy a new car, and you end up looking at 12 cars, and now you like little bits of every car, but mm. no car has everything. Or same thing with houses. We did that one year. We were going to look at houses, and now it's just like, I've looked at so many houses, I don't even know what to pick. Um, mm-hmm. because yeah, everything had a little bit that I like, but I can't have a house that has everything. And so I think for me, just kind of what you're saying is the less choice I have, I think it's going to be better. So I think my plan is just like you, like I'm going to get a set bag. It might not be one brand. Maybe it will be, mm-hmm. who knows? Um, but, uh, I'm going to play that brand just like, you know, and then as my game maybe evolves and changes, or I see, like, like you're saying, like a need, you know, like maybe it's like, well, yeah, I, I play 54, 58 right now, but I really think I need to go to a 60. Then it's just like, mm-hmm. okay, I'm going to look at 60 degree wedges and really kind of work and see what I want to add to the bag instead of just being like, well, I just need to buy something just to buy it. Or I just need to like, you know, I got this club from this company, so I'm just going to put it in there. Uh, yeah. So I'm just really excited to kind of like narrow that down. And I, I agree. Um, we'll see I'm what happens. About- I know for a fact... Sorry, go ahead. I was saying, I'm excited about the tour CBs too, just for the reason being that they are just from my experiences and who I've talked to, that they are very soft feeling irons. And that's actually one thing that kind of got me with my Mizuno yeah. Pros. They were a little bit firmer than I remember Mizuno being. I don't know why. Maybe my feel that's- has changed a little bit, but I love that buttery, soft feeling. And um, the tour CBs yeah. definitely have that. And with it being the tour CB, the thing I like about it most is because I'm not going to say I'm anti blades. I don't see myself ever really playing blades again unless my game just for some reason catapults to a level that I'm at this moment not prepared for. But the tour CBs are the best of both worlds worlds where you have the blade-like performance, but you have that little bit of extra help. There's that little bit of extra Mm. MOI and forgiveness from them. So I think it's, you're not, I'm not compromising a whole lot with the irons. I'll be able to flight and shape and do all the fun stuff that I want to do with them without sacrificing the feel. And I'm going to get that little bit of added forgiveness being that it is a tour cavity back, not a tour blade. So I I went this route because I felt like it just kind of covered everything very well. Um, I always was hesitant to get them before because you hear, oh, John Rahm and Xander Joffley is playing those irons. I'm like, why shouldn't he be playing those? Because you see, like you see what the tour pros play. You're like, I can't handle that club. You know what I mean? And I just got to, start having a little bit more confidence in myself. <laughs> yeah. Or you're like, you know, the 15 handicap that sees John Ron play those. And be like, I'm going to play the, the TCBs. And it's like, okay, let's pump the brakes. You Go don't need those either. But fun, so, interesting I think, you know, I think the other way is... Is Say when you're looking at handicap, fun, interesting conversation piece here. When you're looking at handicap, I don't think handicap let's always dictates your ability to hit golf clubs where are you losing strokes yeah you could be a 15 handicap but it could be because you can't hit your driver or shit or you three putt a lot or you know you can't hit greens or maybe you hit your driver very well it doesn't mean that your handicap is reflective of the clubs that you should be playing if you have the ability to hit the center of the face every time well all of a sudden that opens up a lot more doors to the type of irons that you should be playing so someone like me it's arguable that if you put me in a hotter face in something that gets a little bit, you know, you hit that has a lot of ball speed to it. Yeah, that's great. But my misses with them is going to be more. So you could make a point that my handicap could go up 
with an iron that isn't going to be um, that my misses won't be as tight with. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. So a handicap is not always indicative of the clubs you should be playing. I think it should come down to ball striking ability and where you're finding the face. Now, if you're missing all over the face and absolutely not, but if you're hitting the center every time, it could just be bad course management. It could be three bad holes. Too many times I've gone out and shot 82, but I had three bad holes. Birdies and pars sure. and everything else. You just had three yeah. blow-up holes. Yeah. It yeah. has nothing to do with the ball striking ability. It has everything to do with the fact that it hit two really stupid shots on the same hole. You know what I mean? So there are little nuances yeah. here to the game. And once I kind of started looking at, like, okay, where am I losing strokes? Why, why am I shooting the scores that I'm scoring? It was never my ball striking. It was never because I was striking the mm. ball poorly. It was because, okay, well – you had the hooks one day or that one par five, you hit two in the freaking trees. You know what I mean? Like all of a sudden my handicap skyrockets because of just little moments on the course. And it's not necessarily reflective of me as a golfer. So that's something sure. to definitely, especially going into our fittings, that's something that we need to be a little bit more conscientious of. Like, okay, you're shooting 86. Where are you losing the most strokes? Why are you shooting 86? Right. Are you missing greens? Are you hitting it out of bounds? Are you three putting? Are you terrible out of the bunker? Like, there's other variables here that I think I may have overlooked previously that I'm going to start kind of hitting home a little bit more. Mm, I love that. I really do. Yeah. Cause I think you're spot on. I think a lot of times we judge handicaps as a holistic, like, well, you, you know, this sounds bad. If you're 15. You suck no matter what. It's like, no, actually I'm a pretty good iron player, but I'm hitting three off the tee every time. Yeah. Um, exactly. Or vice versa. Like I smack at three twenty down the middle of the fairway and I then I go chunk 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 and it's a double bogey even though I'm, you know, exactly. I'm down the middle every time. Yeah. So I think yeah, there's there's more to it than just the handicap being reflective of it. And I think that's something that's not talked about enough. But I've recently just come across this information. I'm excited to put it to work too. For sure, that's a great point. Yeah. Um, speaking of Callaway, Paradigm again wins the tour. Uh, Chris yes. Kirk, it's and I great. know this is, you have a lot of feelings about Chris Kirk. Um, so yeah. Honda Classic, obviously traditionally, has, traditionally has been a pretty strong field, 2015, right? One of the strongest, if not the strongest non-major field uh, in golf. And then because of some schedule changes, it happens now between Riviera Genesis, which is Tiger's event, and Arnie's event, which is Bay Hill and then mm -hmm. players championship. So it kind of fits into this really weird kind of like starts the Florida swing. Yeah. But guys are taking it off because they have like big tournament break, big tournament, big tournament. And so it's really now become one of the weaker fields in golf so much so that Honda is kind of pulling their sponsorship after 42 years after, mm -hmm. you know, they just finished up. So, you know, obviously huge win for Chris, um, I know it kind of gets overshadowed by how weak the field is, but I know you want to talk about it, so I won't talk about it a lot, but he's got a really cool story um, that kind of so, led him back to winning. So I'll let you go from there because I know you you really want to <laughs> go with it. Um, well, first off, the Honda thing, they're going to be uh, it's going to be a different place on the schedule next year. Um, did you watch the interview with Jack? Yeah. Okay, it's going to be in a different place on the schedule next year. Oh, you did not. Okay, so there's going to be a different place. Um, because I think he wants a stronger field there. And um, there's just schedule changes coming up in the next year or so with PGA Tour, and rightfully so with elevated events. you got to find the right balance. Um, from my understanding is I'm not 100% sure Honda's going to pull out. I believe they're going to try to find a way to make it happen next year if they can 
position the tournament at a better time and give it a better field. So we will see going yeah. forward with that. Um, it is a shame to see it have a little bit of a weaker field. But I, I, I want to defend the weaker fields here, and, and for good reason. There are so many storylines on the PGA Tour that go overlooked because you're so focused on the stars, and rightfully so. I mean, Rom tearing it up. Yeah. Scheffler winning waste management again. Rory was number one in the world. He's anti-lib going in that whole direction. You know what I mean? We have people on tour like Ricky trying to win again. You know, you have JT trying to get in the winner's circle. That's not a major, which is kind of funny to me. I mean, there's so many big names doing so many things. You have Homa coming up, which is great. All of this is great for golf. But I think it does overshadow people like Chris Kirk. And Chris Kirk was somebody who was hot on the PGA yeah. Tour. He had, I think this was his seventh tour win. He played in a President's Cup. Um, he's won other really nice, really good events. And he was a great golfer. By the way, he has the smoothest tempo. My God. Even his putting is an amazing yeah. tempo. Yeah, oh, beautiful. Like, just watch the guy. You're like, how do you generate speed? It just looks like you're just like, meh. And when, I'm not going to compare it to Freddie Couples. Yeah. Couples was... It, it was a different golf swing, but that tempo, like it just, it does not change from shot to shot. It is, it's something, it's a thing of beauty, to be honest with you. But the guy yeah, fell well, off because he had, it was a, fun he, had an, yeah, he had, a, he's, he's, he was, or is, however you want to label it. I don't know the correct way of saying it anymore. He, had, he struggled with alcoholism and it was right. something that wasn't that bad. And then it got out of hand. And then um, he took a break from the tour and he got clean and he went through a whole battle and everything like that. Um, if he found God, which a lot of, I mean, no shaming on that at all, that it's something that you see a lot of addicts do. And I, I personally think because once you have an addictive personality, you need something to channel that into. I don't think alcoholism is the problem. I don't think drugs are the problem. I think addiction is the problem. And you have an addict, addicts typically have an obsessive personality with something. So they need a place to channel that energy. It's like people that all of a sudden they are, you know, right. they went from being an alcoholic to working out seven days a week. You know what I mean? Or they develop a new hobby they're right. obsessed with. You just need a new place to channel that energy. And, and anything's better than a substance abuse issue. So I'm not shaming the fact that he found God. I don't need that coming back on me. But energy is definitely going to a more positive place. And uh, I remember when he finally got his PGA Tour card back, I want to say it was about two years ago. And I've been rooting for him ever since. Ever, ever, since, ever since that right. day happened. I was like, he'd make cuts, he'd be in contention. And remember one tournament, he had to like place in like like top five to retain his card, and he took home second. Like the guy has nice. grit to him. He has a he is a like a bulldog personality. You know what I mean? He doesn't cower. Like even on eighteen at the Honda, the tournament was in the bag. In my mind, I'm thinking you lay up, hit your wedge in, birdie or par at worst. Dude takes out the five wood and puts it in the water. So two things going into that. One, it showed me that he was not afraid. He was ready to shut the door on him, which I respect the hell sure. of that personality. Two, he was playing a tailor-made fairway wood. Arguably, if he was playing the paradigm, it would have cleared the water. Just just saying. Just saying. <laughs> oh, man. But All he right. got lucky. Um, the other guy, I can't remember his Cole. I can't remember his first name for the life of me. For some reason. I keep, Every time I tell myself to remember it, I forget it. He screwed up the chip. All right. And he gave himself an opportunity. Yeah. He opened up the door for Kirk, and they both bogeyed the hole, which was not a very stylish finish. But then Chris no. screwed up his drive. He put the wedge to about 100 yards, and he juiced a 60-degree and almost dunked it. He almost made it. Yeah, Tap that was for the win. Eric Cole, by the way. Eric, Eric Cole. Cole. I can't remember the name Eric. That's a weird name. It's a simple name. I should be able to remember it. But the whole point He's of this, cool is, story this is the too, first man. time. What's up? Oh, yeah, no, we're, we're going to get to his story here in a cool second. Story. 
But the fact is, Chris Kirk has come through so much. He was arguably an elite player, and I think he definitely could be again. Um, he went from that through alcoholism to barely retaining his tour card to finally getting a victory on the PGA Tour. And all it takes is one little win like this to spark the confidence, and it gets yeah. you right back in the conversation. I mean, we've seen it happen time and time again in professional golf. And the reason why this is so big is because everyone's talking about live golf and all this stuff. If you honestly believe that live golf is more entertaining than this storyline and what this guy went through in golf, then you don't understand golf and you don't appreciate it the way that you should. Um, and that's, uh, that's a hot yeah. take and you can get as pissed off me as you want. This is what goes back to what I was saying about, uh, saying about it earlier. The PGA Tour has a grit to it. It makes you go out and work for and earn it. There's a chance you may lose this opportunity any day, and it makes you fight harder, and it makes you appreciate the wins even more. When you're signing a big money yeah. contract, you're getting paid no matter what. All I don't care what anyone says. Guaranteed money is not going to allow you to play as hard as possibly losing your tour card. And seeing people rise to this occasion and not only rise to it, persevere and come out on the other side of champion – is bigger than anything in anyone. And this overshadows Charles Howell's win at the Live. And I like Howell. This overshadows his his win and his team's win at Mayakoba easily. I mean, mm. it's, it's not even a competition to me. And if you honestly no, think that yeah. Live Golf is so entertaining and that that is better than these weak fields, I like the weak field because you could just see storylines that you have never seen before. And you're, the, the focus is on all these players. And there's a lot of great players out there that no one pays attention to because they're overshadowed by the big guys. And someone like Chris Kirk should not be overshadowed. He should be appreciated a lot more than he is. And giving these lower yeah. events, if you want to even call them that, you're giving the opportunity for these guys to really make something of themselves and opens the door for them to get the wins to secure their tour card, which nobody's really talked about that balance. So you have these weaker fields. You're giving these guys a bigger opportunity to go out there and win top five and do these things and secure a tour card. If you have elite names in every event, you're making their chances smaller, arguably, yeah. arguably smaller. Yeah. And then you have Eric Cole no, here, bet, whose but... parents were both professional golfers, and his brother died a few years ago. He had this, uh, what was the disease he had? He thought he couldn't play golf again. And he finally got put on, you know, I, I can't remember what it was. It was some kind of muscular disease or something like that, I think, or nerve disease. And then he was able to overcome mm. that. And then he was in contention at the Honda with Chris Kirk. Both his parents were tour pros. It was an amazing story. Now also we're paying attention to a kid that has a lot of game that we may not have noticed before. And we'll see him again. I think right. he should stop playing PXG. I think he would do better if he stopped doing that. But we, you will see him again. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. So 100%. it was a great week for golf. It was an amazing week for golf. I don't care if it wasn't an elevated event. If you're only watching for the elevated events and you don't really – appreciate golf like you should like i mean i don't know i i say that from a, a, a complete golf nerd i watch every tournament kind of perspective right. here right if you're only watching the elevated events that yeah. you're just watching it's like watching your favorite celebrity in a movie you don't know what the movie's about all you know is your favorite actors in it so you're gonna jump in and tune into the movie if you're only watching is your favorite golfers playing sure. then you're not watching it for golf you're watching because you want to see that person so eh from a golf perspective, this was amazing. You know, from a superstar perspective, well, don't follow the trends. Don't be a sheep. Think for yourself. <laughs> right. Oh, I mean, I, yeah, no, I totally agree. I think it was fun. I mean, I thought it was really, it, it was compelling. Like, you don't think those events are going to be compelling, and then they are, especially when you're going to get to hear the backstory of those guys and 
And like you're saying, Eric Cole's a rookie, 34 years old. Um, just a crazy, you know, just like a crazy journeyman uh, where he was kind of up and then lost even his corn fairy status and was playing minor league golf mm. while he was teaching at a course had won like 14 times or something like that. And then yesterday takes home, you know, $990,000 for second place, which is more than he's ever made, you know, playing golf. So, I mean, life changing for him. And, you know, those guys get to earn FedEx points uh, and all of that kind of stuff, which I'm sure they love playing in those kinds of events because, you know, and un un unfortunately, like an Eric Cole probably doesn't have as much of a chance to finish like that if, it's an elevated event, whereas mm -hmm. Chris Kirk may have a – you know, he's won five times. He has a better chance of it. Like, he's been there before. Um, but, you know, a lot of those guys are obviously not going to be at Bay Hill because the spots mm -hmm. are taken by all of the superstars. And to your point, you know, a field is like 120 golfers. But how many golfers do you actually know or pay attention to? I mean, there's always – you're like – you know, if you actually ever look at the fields and the pairings – you're like, oh my gosh, I didn't even realize that guy was still around, or I've never even heard of that guy, but he's in mm. the field. And you start to kind of look at it and be like, oh, those guys are in the field every week. You just never hear from them. Yeah, and a lot of them place really so well. Like, there are a lot of up-and-comers yeah. coming up on tour that we just don't pay attention to and uh, I, that people don't right. pay attention to. I pay attention to. And this is the first time Chris Kirk has to go back to the Masters in seven years. Like, that's awesome. Like that's a, that's a life changing experience for him to be ranked forty seventh in the world now and going back to the Masters, that's a big deal. That's yeah. a really big deal. Yes. You know what I mean? Especially for somebody like yeah. him and everything that he's gone through. Like the storyline's absolutely fantastic, and he's a great guy. He's a smooth swing. He absolutely deserves it. You've seen him sneaking up the leaderboards for a couple of years now. Just never got the job done, and now he got the job done. And you know, if he goes out and he contends yeah. throughout the rest of the year, I mean. He's arguably um, a good Ryder Cup pick if he continues his momentum the rest of the year. This could this one singular event could could catapult him to other wins, more top fives, placing in majors, and potentially playing on a Ryder Cup, which is what golf is. That's what everyone wants in golf is playing in majors in the Ryder Cup, and he has that opportunity now right. because he got, was able to win this tournament. That's amazing. I couldn't be happier for the guy. Yeah, there you I go. don't care who won live right. and who took home the damn paycheck. Eh, you're not playing for anything say, other than money. Yeah. No, their viewer. Did you well, see I the viewership on it? One. Yeah, it was pretty bad. Apparently, um, like America's America's funniest animals got more views than Live Golf, which is hysterical yeah, to me. I didn't, I didn't watch it. Um, I don't. I don't even think I have the CW to be honest. Um, I'm a little surprised that Liv went to the CW. I mean, I just don't understand. I mean, I know like a TV deal was big for them, but it's just such uh, like nobody's watching sports on the CW, A. Um, and B, it was, I, again, I didn't watch it, but I've, I heard the production value was not great. And everybody that I've talked to who did watch it said that they should have stayed at YouTube. Like YouTube was a better experience to watch it than the CW was. And I just can't imagine that's not true because I'm much more likely to like throw on, even like if I'm watching the Honda Classic on my big TV, I would probably play live on like an iPad or something just to be watching it to seeing what's happening. Mm -hmm. But I'm not gonna like go get Able or go watch the CW and change the channel to go watch it. So um, I think that had a lot to do with it. So yeah, and I mean, again, did you see the shitty shot tracer? 
Do you see the shitty shot, shot tracing yeah. thing that they did? Yeah. Apparently, they, I, I don't know if it's true or not, but they're, the joke was that they can't afford actual camera people because they spent too much money on everything else. So they have interns <laughs> working the cameras in that now and like paying them like nine fifty an hour. Yeah, you get what you pay for over there, dude. I have a hard, I have a hard time believing they don't have the money, but we'll see. I Would mean, you put it past it's an amateur mistake, so you never know. Would you put it past a Yeah, that's the thing. It's just, I don't know if it's a money it. issue or it's just like, yeah, if it's just, uh, would you, I don't know if it's a money issue or just him. greed. Yeah, I say, would you put it past them to underpay the grunt workers that are working these events? No. No, it's not like they have a great human human rights record. You know what I mean? Like, I wouldn't put it past them to pay them all garbage. It is what it is. Yeah. I'm not saying anything that's not true. I'm not saying that they are doing it, but I'm no, just saying I, if they did do it, would you sit here and be shocked? No. No. <laughs> not uh, at all. Like, <laughs> not at all. And then did you see that little, little tidbit oh. interview that Norman did calling out Rory? I, I read about it. I didn't actually watch the footage because I was just like, whatever. But I did read that, like, you know, he kind of took a swipe at Rory. And yeah, he basically whatever. said, he's like, well, you never know. Maybe in one of these interviews, they might ask Rory some questions he doesn't want to answer. I'm like, this right here is the problem with Live Golf. Everything that you have said has been contentious and has never been graceful. It has never been graceful. You've never mm. been inviting everything that you've said that's been inviting has been with some kind of undercut of some kind. And to me, this yeah. live golf reminds me of bad politics. It, it is basically all press is good press. Just gonna say so that. you know you're not going to get good press. Yeah. You are going to go out there and say rude shit and undercut and undermine, the, the. by the way, the PGA Tour, which all of you guys needed to get to where you're at. And I'm not saying the PGA Tour is perfect. There's a lot of things that make no effing sense there. But the platform that got you to where you're at you were trying to say like, oh, well, we're just trying to exist with them, but they, then you point the finger. I'm like, no, you're not. You can't try to exist with somebody and then call them out and call them names and say all this negative stuff about them. This isn't like, this is not a political thing. Yeah. This reminds me of when Trump was running for president. He would just say things that you yeah. could not ignore in the headlines that they had to talk about. And the only reason why people talk about live is because Norman is such a dick bag that you can't help but focus and hang on every single word that he says. And it's the absolute truth. If he could, and, and that's, the, we said it this last week too. The guy's like 91 wins worldwide and no one remembers him for that. They only remember him for being an egotistical douchebag. Could you imagine having that many wins and nobody paying attention to you for your golf game? And you still don't get it. And the fact that you don't understand that tells me just how much hubris you do have. And I'm not disrespecting his golf yeah. game. He's an amazing golfer back in the day, but no one remembers him for that. Everyone remembers him being a total douchebag. And he's still a douchebag, and he's still acting like one. He's a grown child. You know what I mean? He should run for president, honestly, because people would eat it up. It is ridiculous to me. That's not what golf is supposed to be about. They're turning golf into a celebrity popularity contest. You're completely There's no integrity in what you're doing. It is literally a bunch of guys. It's like getting a bunch of different groups of guys that go on golf trips and having them compete against each other. That's what it is. Now they have matching jerseys and stuff like that too. It's getting a little weird. Yeah, yeah. No, I. Um, I mean, I'm. I'm not going to call Greg Norman names in case you know we ever become friends. But um, I will say <laughs> that I think that. Uh, <laughs> I think you know 
at the heart of some of it, you know, like what, what Phil was saying about, Hey, you know, like there's money that the PGA tour could be giving to players that they're not giving, they're hiding money. They're kind of keeping money. And that actually turned out to be true. And we see that because now yep. all of a sudden, because of what Phil said and because that live exists, the PGA Tour and Jay Monahan has found money now that they can all of a sudden pay these enormous purses. They can elevate these events. They can up the pip. So there was some truth to what, I mean, like Phil, obviously, like the reason things, things are happening, regardless of what you think about Phil, in my opinion, were true. And so he kind of brought that to light, not in the most graceful or, you know, like best way. Um, so I think there was like a little bit to it at first. And then when Liv was kind of picking off some of these bigger, more popular names, you know, like Dustin Johnson or Sergio guys that, you know, um, that are, you know, just in, in the vernacular of golf, it was like, oh man, like how many of these guys are actually, he, are they going to be able to take? And then once that kind of died down and this season came about, yeah, you're, I agree. It, it, it seems like the maybe like the coolest scramble you've ever been to. Like, yeah. it's like if you get to go to a celebrity scramble and there's all these people that you used to look up to, you're like, oh, there's that person. There's that person. Like, we're all here to have fun. It really doesn't make any difference. Like a, it's like the nicest charity event you've ever been to, basically, in mm. that they've gotten all these big names to show up and they're just playing this, like, you know, hit and giggle where they spray champagne over it, over themselves every single time, which I don't understand either, like, yeah, Every sport reserves that, that, like, don't you reserve that for, like, the championship? Like, this whole, like, we're going to celebrate the That's live funny. way and just, like, soak each other with champagne every weekend. Just, like, why? Like, I get doing it Have after you had the, the first one and maybe at the very end, but. Yeah. Have you thought that maybe this was all, this is a conspiracy theorist one, by, for the, by the way, for you. That maybe this, that this was all intentional to get golf more in the public eye. Think of it this way. Golf during COVID blew up bigger than it's probably ever been as far as the golf industry goes. Yeah. Um, economy is shaky. We, so we just happen to have full swing and live golf. So now golf is on mm. Netflix. Golf is on two t different channels yeah. now. There's this, this drama, this conflict. Like it's like a well-written reality TV show. And I'm not saying it's true, yeah. but I'm just saying it's a fun thought to entertain. No. Is it possible that this was by design in general for golf to be more in the public eye and be the center of attention for everybody all the time now? Because people now are involved in golf that were never involved in golf purely because of the drama in it. And people love drama. Yeah. I hate drama. Yeah. That's probably why I'm anti-live. But it has created such a tense atmosphere in golf that people can't help but stop and watch. It's like watching a train wreck. You don't, you're not happy yeah. that it's happening, but you got to keep your eyes on it. You're like, I got to, you got to see it. You know what I mean? Mm. So a part of me does think right. that it was partial. It was kind of by design. You know, you almost got like Tiger and Phil really pitted against each other. Now it's almost like the matches they set up against each other didn't go over as well as they wanted them to. So now all of a sudden we have Tiger over here and Phil over here. Then you got the grumpy mm. grandpa, Greg Norman doing all this dumb stuff over here. And then now you have the PGL coming up as well. So we're going to have, a winter golf like simulator arena experience right here. We're going to have live golf over here. We have the elevated events here. We're going to have full swing on yeah. Netflix. I mean, golf is literally freaking everywhere right now. And yeah. I don't believe in coincidences when it comes to stuff like this. I think they are all making money hand over fist. 
because I'm a big believer in, if you really want to know the truth of things, follow the money. Always follow the money. Every single time. Money does not lie. The people that have it might, but where the money is coming from doesn't. So it's just real interesting that all of a sudden everybody's making a lot more money now in the golf atmosphere across all platforms and all tours and all leagues. And I'm not going to sit here and give Lib the credit for it, but Lib existing and happening has definitely been the catalyst. Let's put it that way. Or seems to be. Yeah. Yeah. I would not be surprised if that's true. Um, yeah. I, I, I don't know. I mean, I would be hard. I think you'd be hard pressed to, like you said, to call it a coincidence. I don't know if like they're, I don't know if I would say that live and the PGA tour are in cahoots, but they've certainly, it's kind of like high school girls when they like get like so addicted to the drama that it's like, that's the only way they know how to exist. And they're not necessarily like in cahoots with each other causing it, but they just feed off of each other so well that it's the only way they know how to interact. And so like now it's just like that. It's like a high school girl's cabin during the summer, like summer camp. And it's just like, I'm going to be like, what's the worst thing I can say to you now? What's the worst thing I can say to you? How can I up that? Like, you know, like who's bad? Are you going to find my boyfriend in next? That's kind of what live in the PGA tour. (laughs) And, you know, and I think not to, I'm not, not to back up live in any way, but you know, like the PGA tour, sometimes I don't think like they could have taken the high road and then like, sometimes they didn't, or, you know, like Jay Monahan could have come, you know, and been a little bit more like human instead of like, so polished all the time where it just comes off disingenuine. Um, mm-hmm. but Jay Monahan yeah, does mean, seem rather, Monahan's getting disingenuous. Monahan does seem yeah. disingenuous. I mean, he just maybe comes, it's just his personality. But he's like a super monotone dude. Maybe. Like you can just tell he's always reading from a script kind of thing. I, I, I'm not a big fan of Monahan. I, maybe it's just his personality, but there's just something about the guy that just seems like he follows all the rules to the T. And he's like, no, that's what the rules say. You're like, but there's nuances. Like, but the rules say this. It's like that person that's so black and white all the time. You're like, no, everything's a shade of gray. Can we just have a conversation? He's like, no, because the rules right here, it says this. I'm like. Okay, you're yeah. that guy at the party. You know what I mean? You're that kid in the classroom that, like, narks on everybody all the time every time they step out of line. Like, they're chewing gum. Like, it's not a big deal. Like, why do you got to call out someone across the room chewing gum? I feel like Monahan's the kid in class that right. just calls out the kid that's chewing gum. and not He's not doing any harm. No one's doing anything. But he's like, I'm meh. He's a stickler. Yeah. <laughs> no, I think that's true. I mean, I yeah, I, I've definitely gotten that vibe from just kind of the whole operation of the PGA tour, not just Monaghan, but like that whole, that whole thing. I mean, they're putting it, but they are putting together a compelling product. So I stay tuned. Um, I stay tuned in for that. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I wouldn't be, you know, back to the original question, like, you know, Jay Monaghan's making money. The players are making money on both sides. Greg Norman's making money. So, I mean, you know, like it's, 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 it's like you said with politics, like, you know, having two political parties and having them duke it out is good for business. So they're never going to get along just because they don't, that's bad for business. Yeah, no, it seems like, you know, and it may have been accidental. It may have not meant to be this way, but then there could have been a realization in the middle of it. Like, listen, 
if we keep this up, we're both going to make a whole lot of money. You know what I mean? Right. Like there's a possibility that they no. maybe like halfway through this thing, because some of the things like read hand, look, it just like read handing the lawyer thing to, uh, or handing the subpoena to, you know, Roy McElroy, you know what I mean? And like all these things is a little, right. it's just so childish right. and you know, it's not going to go anywhere. And you're like, you're just doing it to get attention and get views and get clicks kind of thing. And it just, I don't know. Yeah. Maybe it is all real. I maybe I'm just that delusional that I refused. But I just if you look at anything in the world ever maybe. that's ever turned out this way, it is just it's a, it's all money oriented. You know what I mean? Now all of a sudden everybody's making more money. Sure. Everybody. PGA Tour is making sure. more money because of Live and Live's making more money because of PGA Tour. So now they're going to be feeding off of each other and then everybody wins as long as they keep up this divide and what they're going to do. Yeah. This is my bet. This is how it's going to I think it's going to turn out. Um, I don't really think they're going to necessarily coexist. I think the majors will allow them. And I think because they've already come out and said that. I don't think the smaller events like the players in that will. But I do see when people stop caring about the live and PGA Tour, we are going to get a live versus the PGA Tour. That will happen mm. one day. But I think it's going to wait for the hype to go down. I think it's going to wait for everything to start leveling out. And they're going to look for a new boost. Live versus the PGA Tour. Yeah. And then, then that, then there's yeah. going to be drama. There's going to be like, whose side are you on? Then it's going to be really choosing sides. You know what I mean? Oh my gosh. Mm. <laughs> ding, ding, ding. Yeah, silence one time. Um, <laughs> my bad. Yeah. Or I can't wait for Liv to start their own, like, you know, this whole evening golf, this Monday night golf event is going to start with Tiger wait, and Roy. Oh, the PGL, the PGL or whatever. No, I'm saying the, 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 yeah, 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 the, the TGL. Then Liv will, I can't wait for Liv to maybe start their own version of that where it's like, you know, yeah. Dustin and Kepka, Bryson, some of these bigger names show up in the evening to do something. Um, it'll just keep going, you know, it'll just keep going because, I mean, the Saudis, obviously, like you're saying, I know we've hopped on, we've been going on this for quite a while, so... Um, this will be my last point, but just like the business model doesn't make sense to make money. Like, and you saw that report that came out, like not only they did not, it's not, a, not only did they not make profit, they didn't make revenue. Like they didn't generate revenue last year. And so like, that's not a business model for success. <laughs> and but the Saudis have so there's gotta be something else there, you know, there's gotta be something else there. And so, um, It'll be interesting to see in the coming, like, maybe months or years when it kind of is, like, stuff comes out about who, you know, a little bit of the seedy underbelly of this whole thing. Like, did Monaghan really, you know, like, were him and Norman in on it the whole time? And this is all just, like, a yeah. big, big golf soap opera. Or, you know, was Netflix or whoever, like, you know, kind of pulling both strings a little bit and are poking the bear um, mm. So it'll be interesting to see how it, I, I don't I don't see live. I was gonna say I don't see live lasting, but I don't, I don't really know. It seems like the Saudis have no end to their amount of money they can back this with. So it seems like it could keep exactly. going. But I agree. I don't know. I don't know if it'll ever just challenge anything because and I know we've talked about this a lot privately. Is just there's no leg. They're not playing for anything. There's nothing at the yeah. end of that tunnel or at the end of that season. There's no. There is no majors to go win. So nothing about their season changes. There's no like interest. There's no, in, there's nothing interesting. It's just like, you're going to go out and play mm -hmm. this event. Somebody's going to win a boatload of cash, which I get the draw. 
of that. Um, but yeah, there's just, they're just, it was cool the first year cause it was new and now they're not playing for anything. And it's just kind of like, you already got paid up front. So there's like nothing even, you're not even like yeah. sweating it out, you know, or anything like exactly. that. Um, so I've, I mean, I've already is, lost interest. My thing with this, and the reason why I have been anti-lib is because I feel like it's taking attention off of the wrong, it's putting attention on the wrong things. And we're not paying mm. attention to people like Chris Kirk. We're not paying attention to these awesome storylines. We aren't, you know, golf to me was like one of the last pure sports. You know, the NFL has so much drama. The NBA has so much drama. Like all these sports have these it's almost like a reality show anymore. And the one thing I always loved about golf is it wasn't that you go out there, you play golf, low score wins. You know what I mean? And I always enjoyed that. There was no drama. There's no bickering. I mean, some people like Sergio, but he cries over everything, but like, it's just one of those things that it was the drama was because of the storylines. The drama was because of someone accomplishing something or someone getting a bad break or maybe a bad rules call or something like that. But it was never, because the players are going after each other. You know what I mean? And I guess yeah. it sells, you know what I mean? And I, I, I wouldn't say I understand the appeal because this speaks to the human condition in a way to me that I, it's really concerning that we much rather have a tense no. atmosphere and drama and people bickering and fighting and pointing fingers and screaming at each other rather than just enjoying the product. And the product itself now is just creating tension. And then it puts us in a state of tension and it becomes divisive. And then people don't have conversations anymore. They just argue and yell at each other. And just, I feel like we're feeding, we're feeding the wrong wolf right now. And that's just my own yeah. personal philosophy on life. I don't like division. I think if you choose a side, by choosing a side, you're contributing to division. And that goes politics, religion, across mm. the board. If you are hard set on one side, you are choosing division because you're looking at the other side and going, no, you're wrong. And that's not mm. okay to me. You know what I mean? There's a million, there's so many people on this planet. We're all going to have different points of view. We're always going to do things our own way. But if we're constantly looking at other people, telling them that they're wrong, you're this way, you're that way, or this, or you don't understand this, or you're just not educated, or you didn't go to college, like, eh, like all of that stuff. It's just, we're not growing as a society this way. You know what I mean? We're just dividing us even more and more and more. And now it's PGA and Liv. I want to even say I'm anti-Liv. I'm just, I, I don't like what Liv has done to the golf atmosphere. It's not Liv itself. It's not their product itself that bothers me. It is the impact that Liv has had on golf as far as the drama goes. Now, the impact that it's had on these players and making more money, I do like. And maybe it's a necessary evil. Only time will tell. But for me personally, I just don't like the attention that it, the negative attention it has brought to golf and like unearthing drama and dirt on people in lawsuits. I'm like, you're, you don't understand. Like, this could potentially ruin yeah. people's lives. And offer this product that you believe right. in so much, you're willing to drag everyone under the bus so you win. Like I don't, I don't like it either way. Yeah. I don't think the PGA should do it to live, and I don't think Live should do it to PGA Tour. So that's that's where I've always kind of been on this. It's not their product; it's the animosity, the name calling, the childish crap. You know what I mean? It's it's what it is. And Norman, like I've said, he's a man child, and he always has been one. And what better face for Live Golf than someone to stir up a bunch of shit than him? You know what I mean? Nobody could do it better than him. Nobody could do this job better than him. Yeah. You're right. So now that we're done with Liv, <laughs> like a bitch about him all night. All right. Yeah. We have another elevated we, event. Yeah, I was going to say, Hill. Bay Hill. I'm excited. I love Arnie's Bay Hill. Place. One of my favorite tournaments. Yeah. One of my favorite 
memories is watching Tiger make that putt on 18 like two times for the win. I've seen Rory make it from a similar spot from the win. You saw Frankie uh, or Molinari, for, um, for people that don't know who I'm talking about. He did it too. It always has a, the good kind of drama there. It's a tough course. Um, Arnold doesn't pull any punches on the golf course. It is a wonderful venue. Um, I have a soft yeah. spot in my heart for everything Arnold Palmer has ever done. And we have a great field, and we have a lot of big names in it, and it's hard to pick just one. <laughs> yeah, no, I agree. It's, you know, it was one of those tournaments that you, like, look – I mean, as a kid, I know, again, golf nerd, but it was one of those, mm-hmm. like, hey, when does Bay Hill come? When does Bay Hill come? You know, you got you had Bay Hill, you had the Memorial, you had the Players', Players. Championship. Those are all ones that, like – one, you got excited about because you knew that Tiger was going to play in the big ones for sure. So, um uh, yeah, no, I, I mean, I love, love Bay Hill. I mean, obviously, it's a shame that Arnie's no longer here, but it's always yeah. just fun to, it's always fun to watch this one for sure. So, um, yeah, and the elevated event it. makes it even. I mean, obviously, you was... go ahead. Oh, good. No, sorry. I was, I was asking you who, who do you have to win it? No. What's your, what's your, your prediction? Uh, I mean, I know, you know, we were talking about before we recorded, it's so hard to bet. It seems like you have to take John Rahm or Scotty Scheffler just in every tournament. Um, just, you know, because it just seems like those two guys are just always you there. You know? I mean, Scotty's the defending champion, won here last year. John is just tearing through everything. I don't know how much more he can actually win. Um, <laughs> it just kind of seems... I mean, I don't know. It's so hard to pick one guy. Um, I I really don't know. I don't know if I have one. I'm going to go with – I'm going to go Colin Morikawa again. I just like – I just like where his game's at. He's, you know, he's due. He's due, and he's been finishing really, really well lately. So he was up there. Last week, he's been up there a couple times this season, and I just think he's due. So I'm going to go Colin Morikawa. He's also I just who's also love Colin. So who's your sleeper pick? What's that? Who's your sleeper? Pick? Joel Damon. Oh, I love Joel it. Damon. Um, yeah, I, I've been I've been on the Joel Damon train since his episode of. Uh, full swing, and so I don't really have a good reason why, except, like, gosh darn it, like, that guy, I think I identify with him so much, just as far as just, like, you know, we both have a lot of negative self-talk when it comes to our golf game, and so, um, (laughs) I don't know, he's just, like, you just want that dude to succeed. You just, like, saw his story, and, um, man, I just really, I just really want to see him do well, so I'm going Joel Damon. So statistically, Rom, it's hard to not pick him. So let's go sure. excluding the obvious here. Who's who's the, your number one pick? Because I think it's so easy just to jump on the Rom or Scheffler defending. Scheffler defending two tournaments would be freaking cool. Don't get me wrong. Um, I really like, you know, I feel like this is a place Rory has won before. He's mm. due. He's playing well. I think going somewhere where he's won before is he's deadly in a place where he's won before. He's shown historically when he wins at a course, he can win there and play well there again. Uh, so, I, I mean, I, I feel like mm-hmm. I've picked Rory almost every week now. Um, one of these times I'll be right. Um, so, I really like him. Hit it 
Yeah, I and also and not this isn't my sleeper pick, but my backup to Rory. I like Xander. I like Xander. Yeah. I think he is due for a big win. He has not had one. He is a Callaway paradigm guy, so got you got to got to pick the paradigm players here because that seems to be a freaking con- constant. Matter. Six out of eight wins. How do you not? How do you not put money on it at this point? Um, my sleeper pick, yeah. man. I just had it. and They lost huh. it. Oh God, I have a couple. I have I have a couple. Um, you know, right out the gate, Keith Mitchell. He's been playing arguably some of the best, or probably the best golf of his life so far this year. Um, he is. Yeah. He's due. I. It's a. He, it's a Florida course, and he's one. His last one was in Florida at the Honda. You know, I could see him being mm. in the conversation for sure. Um, but other than him, I got to say I like Cameron Young as well, though. He's been sneaky. If he Ooh. if he can make some putts, Cameron Young, he is due for a win, and I think he's going to have his first one on a big stage. Um, and he definitely okay. deserves it. He hits the ball a mile. Um, as long as he can get that – if he can make putts, and Bay Hill traditionally runs really, really, really fast. So I'm. That's yeah. my concern with him is, is his putting might struggle a little bit out there. Um, and, and I'm not just insulting his putter. He's a far better putter than either one of us will ever be. But just statistically speaking, here I really like him as well. Um, I know I picked like four people, but it's just part of the conversation piece here, I guess. Right. Um, I really like him. And there was someone else. Let me go back to my list real quick. I have I have them right here. Oh gosh, okay. where'd I go? Where'd he go? Where'd he go? Go ahead. Or, no, so I was just going to – I have a question for you, or I have a conversation okay. thing that I want to touch on about this, but you finish your thought. Last pick – I mean, I'm not – I picked, like, this is my fifth pick. My last pick, um, Terrell Hatton. He's won here before. He's been playing well. Ooh. I like him here. I, I like him <laughs> at this golf course in particular. Um, so I want to say Terrell Hatton. Okay, I like that. Course experience like has a lot. lot to do with this course. I like it. I have to no, ask you this: What is happening? So I was looking at the betting odds for this. Do you know who the worst odds for this tournament is? I mean, I probably tell you. Well, I can tell you. I know the answer. I was just going to see if you wanted to give us Francesco Molinari. Molinari. What yeah. happened to Molinari? Like, what is going on? Like, I, I mean, you know, it wasn't that I, long I, ago that he was dueling. Tiger at the British Open and and Masters, like he was there, he was winning, and then all of a sudden he's just like nosedived. I think he choked at the Masters and it got in his head. Really, I'm gonna be real honest with you. I think I, I mean I think it was his mental game that got in the way, not his lack of ability. He choked at the Masters. You could see the devastation on his face. Ever since that tournament, he has completely fallen off. Yeah, it's just been like it's a, only it's been crazy. Is the only logical reason that I can possibly come up with. You know what I mean? I'm not saying it is the reason, but to me, it's the only thing that yeah. makes sense. Yeah, I mean, no, I, I mean, I just been... yeah, I you've can't seen it happen it to people in the store was... a lot. We keep talking at the same time. <laughs> yeah, <clears throat> you've seen it happen a lot on the PGA Tour, though. Somebody chokes and then they can't come back. Do you know who I want to win this tournament, though? who I like my number one want pick is, I want Ricky to win it. He's been playing well. Yeah, Ricky. Him yeah. winning an Arnie event at Bay Hill would be the most fitting comeback victory ever. That would just be, awesome. be amazing. 
that would be the best win. The best possible result would be Ricky Fowler winning. Yeah, I I would be fine with that. Or Jason Day, I think, would be a huge victory. That'd be Jason cool. Day. I want Ricky to do it more, though. Um, yeah, no, I think I, Ricky would be cool here for sure. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I would love – if Jason Day's in the mix, I'm going to be excited about it uh, just because that dude is – you know, same thing with Ricky, just like top of his game, kind of the same as Francesco, unfortunately. Just like, mm-hmm. and then I know injuries just bit him and he's never been able to get back there. And I just love Jason. I just love, I've always liked Jason Day. So, uh, but yeah, Ricky would be a ton of fun to watch win this one. Oh, for I'm sure. I'm excited to I watch I think it's also just the line. Sure. Oh, yeah. I think it's just the lines, the parallels between Ricky and Arnold. Um, I think that's what would make it so much more special. Yeah. You know what I mean? There always seemed to be like a, a yeah. connection between the two of them as far as their personalities, how they carry themselves, how they are with the fans and everything like that. You know, uh, I know Ricky's a huge fan of Arnold Palmer too. And he's always represented him very well. So I would love to see that line up for him. And it, I think it would also just inspire him even more. I think a victory is going to inspire him either way, but winning at Bay Hill at, Arno, at Arnie's event, Ricky Fowler winning at Arnie's event would be the most inspiring win for him. Mm. Yeah, and he's a good wind player. And I think Florida's it could windy. Really yeah, and keep in mind, Florida has been very windy this year. Um, it's going to be windy out there, and he's traditionally a good wind player. I mean, this was also a few years ago when he was at the top of his game, but he's traditionally played very, very well sure. in the wind. So there's another reason why I kind of like the European guys here, someone like Rory or someone like Terrell, who typically play better in the wind because that's the type of golf they grew up playing. So I kind of like a European guy this week. Well, and Molinari's won this event. He won this in yep. 2019, which is wild. I'm starting, to, I'm starting to think that he may have had an injury, too. I, I can't remember. I feel like he, has a, he had a back injury or something like that, too. Not possible. I mean, I think that, if he though. did, they didn't talk about it, because I, I don't know if I've heard it talked about. It's entirely possible, but, yeah, man, what a crazy story. Because he's, like, the least odds to win. It's just wild. Dude, what is, that's a British Open. I know. Wild. He kind of reminds me of like a Justin Rose. He peaked when he was older, then kind of just fell off. Yeah. Although Rose has got to win this year. So so you never know. All right. It. Before we go, I got to ask. So for those of us that, for those of you who don't know, uh, we both work for a company called Curated. And uh, every year, uh, their, their top experts get invited to a summit in Arizona where all the vendors show up and we get to test all the new equipment and hang out with them and go to Top Golf and. It's a really good for bonding. It's really good for testing all the products, even though I've already had my hands on everything already. But it's just cool and fun to really right. talk to the reps and get, and get the brand knowledge. And at the PGA show, it was great to test everything, but it wasn't a very personal experience. But knowing that they're there for us and that we're going to have as many – the clinics are specifically for us, and Betnardi's going to be there. So we get to meet them and talk with them and really pick their brain a little bit more than we do during our brand training or going to the PGA Tour or something something like that. So it's a very fun time. Uh, we were both there last year. You were there last year, right? Yeah. Oh, okay. yeah. We were, both, we were both there last year. It was a great time. I didn't get to enjoy it as much just because I was filming content the entire time. But this year, I actually get the full experience, and I'm really – Really excited to play in the tournament and everything like that. Um, it's going to be a shamble format. I don't know if you knew that or not. It's going to be a shamble this year. Yeah. Um, I saw the groups. I can't remember who you're playing with. I, I I know I'm playing with some people that I'm not overly familiar with. I'm playing with a tour edge uh, Jimmy Silverman, and Michael Clayton. Maybe. 
I don't know. Michael I could Clayton? change though. I think the group is too special. Isn't that a movie? I don't know. I have maybe, no idea. Maybe I don't know who maybe. I'm playing with. Uh, I played with uh, Mark Carter from TaylorMade last year, who was just phenomenal. Like treated us well. He was like so easygoing and relaxed. We had a blast um, just kind of shooting around with him. Weather was horrible, so you didn't miss a ton. Um, I think, yeah, it was not a shamble format. We all played our own ball last year, but we played like four ball, best ball score. Um, mm. It was wild. Like, I think on the front nine, I don't know. I remember on the, I played like on the front nine, it was so cold. I think I shot like a 43. I remember one par five where I'd like the ball did not get off the ground. And then in the back nine, I went two under with bogey free two under. So it's just like, ball. okay, whatever. <laughs> whatever. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I got to um, ask you. So what is uh, the weather much better? I got to ask you, what is the number one thing you're most excited to try that you've not tried yet? Uh, Titleist for sure. Um, they weren't there last year. And so we've brought Titleist on as a partner. Uh, I know you mm -hmm. know that, but for those of you who don't know, um, and so I'm really excited to just kind of pick their brain a little bit and just kind of, mm -hmm. you know, get uh, hit, you know, like all the Scotty lineup and then, you know, like the TSR, which I've hit like once, but, you know, really kind of dig into all four of them and, and get to just kind of, you know, really feel that out and take some time with it. I mean, obviously they always put together a great product and they're kind of, I don't want to say they're like a, like a ghost spray, you know, they just always seem to be very like selective about who they do business with or yeah. um, will kind of, you know, be willing to kind of come out. So I feel like it's a really cool thing that they're going to be there. Uh, so Tylus definitely has to be at the top of that list for me. Awesome. What about you? Um, well, I mean, I've already hit everything. So I'm excited to hang out with the Strixon guys again, because they're just super cool. And I just, I love the new irons. Their, their new blades were great. Um, I'm actually more excited about testing the products that I would not play. Um, I'm, you yeah. know, like some of the game improvement stuff and stuff like that. I'm actually really interested in the Tour Edge line because that's something I rarely get my hands on. And I feel like if I can get them in my hands and really tinker with them, I would be able to sell those clubs because they're at a great price point. So um, Tour Edge for sure. Isn't Wilson going to be there this year? Yeah, uh, Tour Edge will be there. Wilson will be there. Um, I, I think even Sticks Wilson. and Robin will be there. Robin is um, fantastic. They're amazing. Robin yeah. is freaking amazing. Wilson, I want to try really Wilson good. too um, because it's another brand I rarely get my hands on. The new driver, their <laughs> irons as well. I want. I really want to. I'm, I'm anxious to try the things that you know are at our good price points for beginner golfers or intermediate golfers. Um, I, I really feel like testing those clubs out is more beneficial than testing out the clubs that I would hit. And plus I've already tested out the clubs that right. I would hit. So I really want to dive into some of the game improvement stuff and really, you know, figure out what's best for people at what price points and et cetera. I, it sounds weird that I'm excited to hit game improvement irons, but I love hitting them because I hit the shit out of them. So <laughs> sure. There's nothing like hitting it like a Cleveland XL launcher and just nuking it. So, um, which, by the way, last year was, like, one of my favorite irons to hit because they were so damn easy to hit. And I love it. So one thing I tell yeah. all my leads is they're a little bit longer heel to toe, which is something that not other brands don't typically do for people, which means because most um, good players miss vertically. 
uh, average golfers miss horizontally. So having that little extra room heel to toe is amazing for the average golfer. So I'm really interested to see is like, what are people doing to really help that average golfer this year? And that's also what we do. We're yeah. here to help the average golfer. I'm not helping many scratch golfers. Most scratch golfers can no. take care of themselves. <laughs> sure. Or they've got, yeah, yeah that's I agree. I'm really excited to hit the, the stealth HD. I know it's been like, a, it's a funky looking club. <clears throat> and I was actually pretty, I was surprised. I was pretty um, pleasantly surprised with the stealth last year, just the normal one. And so, uh, the normal iron. So I'm just mm. interested to see what that like super game improvement iron is going to do again. It's going to be easy to hit. So it'll be fun to launch just like really high in the air and see like, yeah. like how, you know, how far we can hit the piss out of it. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I mean, I know we've hit Aaron. Mizuno's always just a great, yeah. I mean, they just know their stuff. And so it's just like, it's basically like talking to your favorite college professor. Cause they're just going to run you through, kind of their whole crash, craft, craftsmanship thing. Nope, still can't say it. Um, there you go. So, yeah, I mean, and then their product is always just top-notch. You know, they're one of the brands that is just like, uh, I can go back, I don't know, I can go back to their, like, tent and just hit their stuff over and over just because it feels so good. And mm. they're just like, yeah, I don't want to stop hitting this. Um, I don't know Person if you saw my post on Instagram. Yeah, for sure. I made a post on Instagram about how Mizuno irons are 10 times better than ping. And, um, you know, we don't sell ping. So it was kind of like an inside joke for those who, who work at Curate a little bit also. Um, but it got just a lot of <clears throat> traction because, you know, there was a lot of opinions about like, you know, Mizuno sucks or Mizuno's awesome or Tylus is the best or why aren't you talking about Mura blades or why aren't you Wilson is the best blade out there. And so there was a blades. pretty healthy they make conversation. Amazing blades. Yeah. Wilson no, makes amazing I mean, again, blades. Mira, Mira does too, but Mira is just so, I don't know, prestigious that it's not really part of the conversation. And also nothing is probably really 10 times better. It is just no. a... No. It's, come on. It, don't take it literally. Like, what? Like, wh- where do you go? Why are you going to social media to take things super literally like that? Like, that doesn't make sense. Is Mizuno better than Ping? I will die on that hill. Absolutely. But is it you, 10 times? Well, I agree. Probably it is. No. Maybe five times. Well, Three to five times. Maybe. <laughs> That'll be my next post. Mizuno is three to five times better than so-and-so. <laughs> but, yeah, no, I'm excited yeah, for the I summit. Think, uh, um, yeah, it's going to be a ton of fun. We're actually planning on filming a, a podcast there, hopefully live from the range. We haven't figured that out yet. But we yeah. do plan to f- at least film one podcast from Arizona while we're there. So we will be there next week. So not this episode, but by the time episode six comes out, we should be, we'll be there um, probably, yeah. So, yeah, well, not probably. We definitely will be filming. Do you have a Bluetooth mic? Say that again. Do you have a Bluetooth mic? Yes. So do I. Yep. We just got to find somebody to record us walking around doing it, and I don't know how we're going to do that. <laughs> yeah, or, you know, like, the other thought we could do is, like, we have, I have an iPad that, like, sits on my G, that can sit on my G-Pod. And so we can literally mm-hmm. just grab like some stools or even like stand and just do it mm-hmm. from the range. I think it would be fun. So we'll figure it out. Um, it should be a little bit 
more fun. Or if it's super windy or something, we can always go in the clubhouse or, or we'll figure it out. But it'll be fun to like yeah. on location with Parnun Pod, I think will be fun. And hopefully maybe we'll see what reps we can talk to, but maybe we'll have some product to show. Who knows? Special guests. You just never know with us. A lot, lot of lot of potential there for us for sure. But yeah, no, Summit's gonna be great. Um, you know, uh Callaway, like they 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 take great care of us there. We do the top golf night with them there. Um, which yep. that's always a lot of fun. We get to all go to Top Golf. It's completely sponsored by Callaway, and it's just they they really they really go out of their way for us, and it is we definitely really appreciate it. And it's always a good time, you know. Yeah. It's free booze, free food, golf, laughs. You get to hang out with everybody. It's just a great time. So, if anyone is listening to this that is participating in the summit or is hosting the summit with us, we do appreciate you. I'm looking forward to hanging out with all of you. I'm looking forward to hitting golf balls with you, playing golf and just shooting the shit and meeting the reps and all of that. And to all the reps that are going to be there for every brand manufacturer. I know Curated is very grateful for it, but us experts are probably more yes. grateful for it because this is like a fun little holiday for us. And uh, right. it, it doesn't go unnoticed. And it really inspires us to work harder and to really start pushing, uh, pushing golf clubs a little bit more and pushing all of their products more, um, especially going into golf season. Like, it's the perfect time of the year to host the Summit. Because coming back from this, I don't know about you, but I was, like, at a five-month high after the Summit. So it was – it's yeah. very appreciated and curated to the to the brand uh, – to the, the vendors and manufacturers, to Top Golf, to everybody. Thank you so much, and thank you, Curated, for uh, letting us do this and, um, and hosting all of your top experts. It's very much appreciated. And Ryan and I love you so much. No, 100%. Yeah, we absolutely do. And I think one of the best things is just, I'll end on this, is just how open the brands are to not only have, like, being with us, because we really do try to be one of what I feel is, like, the few unbiased golf mm -hmm. brands or businesses out there. Um, and they're cool with it. Like, they know we're there to hit everybody's stuff. And so they don't shy away from that or try to kind of, like, you know, one up or, or do anything with another brand. They're just there to present their product and they don't have a problem that, you know, Tylus doesn't have an issue that we're going to go hit Mizuno or that we're going to hit TaylorMade and TaylorMade mm -hmm. is okay with us hitting Callaway and Wilson's okay with us hitting Tour Edge. I mean, it's just like, they all work so well together. It's just a phenomenal, it's just a phenomenal experience to watch, you know, all of those guys just be, be there and be willing to kind of participate. So we're excited. Sure. We can't it, wait. It's a great thing to be a part of for sure. So Thank you, everyone, for tuning in tonight or tomorrow, what, Wednesday. It's Monday. Sorry, I forgot. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it'll be Wednesday when you hear this for sure. Uh, but for everyone watching, thank you so much. If you're on YouTube, please leave a comment, a like, like, subscribe. Um, if you're listening to us, please leave us a five-star. That's how we get noticed. Um, comments, likes, shares, um, everything. Any way you can participate in this, let us know. We've been getting a lot of requests for people to come onto the show, and we have taken notice yeah. of it. Uh, we are trying to lay down our own personal groundwork first. We're trying to get at least six or at least seven episodes in before we start hosting guests. And then, um, cause most podcasts don't make it past seven, seven episodes. Most podcasts right. don't make it past seven episodes. So we're really just trying to lay down our own groundwork. Feel like that we actually have a consistent product. If you want to call it that to give you, and then we're going to start bringing other people on and talking to them about what they do in the golf industry. And maybe we'll work our way up to some really, really big names in the future, but obviously your support, and anything that you can do for us in the meantime is going to get us there faster. So any likes, shares, five stars, comments, it's only going to help us get to the really cool interviews and all the really fun stuff 
in the in the future. So we're very grateful for everybody that's tuned you want in to so sponsor far. Sponsor the part on pod. Be happy to do that too. Yeah, love we'll take products, love to sponsor. <laughs> yeah. We yeah. like we like free stuff and we like money. <laughs> that's why we're doing this, not for golf. All right, everybody. I want to be famous. No, we don't. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> All right. Sending her love. Thank Have you, everybody. Day. Deuces. See you next week. <laughs>